Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Horror Obsessive Podcast. This is episode number two. I'm one half of your hosting duo, JP Nunez, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Sean Parker. How's it going, Sean? Uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> just another week, just another movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, all right. Um, so the movie we're talking about today is The Monster Club. Um, it's a 1981 anthology film starring Vincent Price and John Carradine. Uh, this is this is one of my kind of guilty pleasures, but not entirely guilty. Um, so, but we'll get into that. But uh, before we do, um, let us talk about this. I guess these past two weeks on Horror Obsessive. Uh, Sean, is there anything that kind of stood out to you that you'd like to highlight from the website? Well, this is the final week for The Walking Dead, and I don't know how many people are still watching it. I tend to be uh, one of the, those few people that have uh, that started it and are still watching it. Um, oh, you're still watching it? Yeah, yeah. I've, I've never really? stopped. I ne- yeah, oh, it never man. got old for me. Oh, um, I stopped, I think, season four. Sorry, <laughs> um, you should be. It's your or fault, you're Sean, welcome. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> um, the yeah. So like I I know my my brother was there too, and he said um you know once the the it was like a lot of people dropped off after the Negan stuff, and um a lot of people dropped off after you know we we got some new people, and their side stories weren't as fantastic. Um. I've enjoyed it, uh, especially the last few years. It's it's gone in a different direction. They they kind of, um, I think her name is Melissa Kang, who's producing it now, uh, has been brilliant at, at revitalizing it and making the storylines work. There's okay, cool, yeah, right. Uh, the The final season, I gotta say, is it's been a little weird. Uh, we've got another like governor sort of situation. Oh, really? And that's the only thing that's really been kind of weird for me is it's it sort of felt you know uh, and i think they wanted to do it that way i think that they wanted to have some overlap and like this is where we came from kind of kind of stuff happening and we've seen in the last few episodes you know um what's her name the the daughter uh rick's daughter is having like a carl moment uh in the in the penultimate episode and um there's and there was another episode. The episode before it, Negan had sort of a um, mirror moment to uh, what's his name, uh, <laughs> Glenn. Uh, had a yeah, had a mirror moment to Glenn, and sort of it kind of came back at him. You know what I mean? He he experienced a little bit of karma there, and that was kind of uh, that was kind of great for the audience as well. Okay. So being a fan of of The Walking Dead, I've. I'm enjoying it. I'm really excited to see what they do for a finale. I know we're still getting like three, um, like mini series. They were supposed oh, to be the yeah. movies and they turned them into mini series. There were supposed to be three movies. And now this is what we're getting instead. And apparently um, the big news today was that the producers of the walking dead are suing AMC. So <laughs> we'll see if any I of this even that. happens. <laughs> Wait, well, why are they suing them? 
that's a great question. Hold on one second. I have not heard that. So according to Vulture, uh, AMC had paid out Frank Darabont uh, $200 million, uh, a couple years ago. And they're... I guess they, they didn't get any of it, the, the, produ- the regular producers of the show, and there's some... There's some madness there. No, man. Fun stuff. Fun stuff. Oh, yeah. You know it. (laughs) Um, But anyway, you know, there's there's some more Walking Dead to come, hopefully. (laughs) All right. All right. But yeah. All right. And then uh, what did you have for this week? What are you looking at uh, on Homs? Uh, Oh, man. There's not a ton of like really big stuff. I mean, there, there's some, I mean, there, there's some interesting little stuff. Like there's some, some cool news, like Crabs is getting released. A movie yes, that uh, I really want to see. Have you not seen Crabs? No, I never, I never got a chance to see it at any of the festivals. Oh, it's, it is a delightful film. And, um, the director, uh, at Pierce is, uh, awesome. I interviewed him a couple yeah, of years yeah. ago and that's on the site as well. Mm-hmm. Um, like just just a nice guy and i kind of just want to see him succeed you know what i mean okay that's awesome and uh the same goes for um avalon fast whose uh movie honeycomb is now up for pre-order as well if anybody's interested in that oh i've Um, heard of it haven't seen it it's it's uh it's interesting it's definitely lo-fi and Mm -hmm. um low budget and things on that nature but um it's so creative the way that it's done and it's kind of a trip it's okay. It's uh, it's something worth watching. Okay, cool, yeah. cool. Yeah, I'll uh, try to get around to it. Yeah. Oh, um, you know what? There's one other thing on on Hobbs I can talk about. Um, mm-hmm. so obviously Thanksgiving's coming up, and I got yes. really interested in <laughs> a Midiville Thanksgiving. Come oh, on, boy. it's a it, like we know that it's it's gonna be. Like, we know what it is. It's called the Midiville Thanksgiving. There's 900 other movies with the Midiville title in front of it. Oh, um, yeah. Isn't there one in space? They did. Where they that... did do one in space. Yeah. I think they also did one where they go back in time and stuff, too. So, like, oh, it's man. just, it's a mess, and we know it's a mess. And mm-hmm. that's the whole thing. Is sometimes you sometimes you go to the circus, you know? You just want to see what, what's yeah. happening. Yeah. Uh, I think Midiville Thanksgiving... Um, Jay, who who wrote the piece, uh, really decimated <laughs> the film. But afterward, I, you know, I was talking to him about it. And he's like, "Yeah, I might, but I might end up like rewatching it with some friends because it's sort of one of those movies where like you have a couple of beers and you watch a bad movie. Like that's that's how you do it." And like, I'm like, "So bad, it's good." But you kind of liked it. Like you you wrote this thing and it, you absolutely like like I said, decimates the film. Um. But but yeah, I, I I'm kind of I'm interested as well. I, I kind of oh, might man. end up watching that for Thanksgiving. So let me know what you think of it. I'm curious. <laughs> I'm curious. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure it's going to be. You know, I'm sure I'm going to have like real wild opinion on it. <laughs> oh yes, I hope you do. I hope you do. Uh, speaking of movie reviews, um, when this episode gets published, um, I should have a review of the menu up. Uh, that comes out this weekend. Um, I'm going to see it tomorrow, uh, yeah. so I haven't seen it yet. But uh, by the time this episode goes up, my review should my review for the movie should be up, um, so you guys can uh, can check that out. Um, 
hopefully I like it. I'm hearing good things about it. So um, I'm excited to see it. Yeah, I don't know what to expect from that one. Um, it, it looks good. There's a lot of good people. There's a lot of people I like in it. Yeah, um, yeah great cast. And it, it kind of has a weird air of uh, Most Dangerous Game mm, about it. And then yeah. somehow also food. So yeah, <laughs> yes, you know, you know, so like the trailer, like the trailer feels almost like it gives away the whole movie, but from what I hear, there's more to it than what you would think from the trailer alone. Oh no, that's, that's sort of what I got. It, it felt very, um, reserved, like mm-hmm. is what I felt. It, it showed a lot, sure, mm-hmm. but it, I thought that there was some wild way that this was going to go. So I really hope that, uh, that's that happens for you <laughs> hopefully fingers crossed fingers crossed so we'll see we'll see how that goes <laughs> all right all right so uh it's time to get into our main topic the monster club so sean what's this movie about <laughs> oh you're gonna do it to me now that's probably yeah yeah Taste uh, of your own let's medicine. see let's see so um don't know his name. That's the thing is I'm bad with names. Hold on. I'll, I'll, uh, of course I hit it back to the block. God, I'm doing, I'm doing a lot. Uh, <laughs> uh, John Carradine meets Vincent Price on the street. We'll just do it this way. Um, yeah. uh, Vincent Price is, is, he's like, I'm starving. I haven't eaten in weeks. And yeah. so uh, John Carradine offers to buy him some food, and it turns out that uh, John Carradine is Vincent Price's food. So Vincent Price decides to, um, you know, drain him. But don't worry, because he doesn't bite deep. Um, that's important because right. Vincent Price is a vampire. Uh, what's funny about it is that John Carradine's character plays a writer, sort of a Stephen King esque uh, mm-hmm. figure who has dealt with monsters and scary stories his entire career. And uh, Vincent Price's character decides to take uh, John Carradine to a monster club, a sort of lounge place uh, that they, you know, they can talk more, have a conversation. And then it basically just devolves into a anthology movie (laughs) after that. Uh, with it little breaks into an anthology. It, well, it does because it I mean, it's an kind of, anthology. Centered, <laughs> it's kind of centered plot point, and then all of a sudden, it's a it's an anthology. I mean, <laughs> I mean that that's that's what a lot of anthology movies are. They have a frame story that yeah. kind of you know coordinates everything, and then within that frame story, you have the different stories. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. The last VHS didn't. <laughs> well. <laughs> Um, anyway, uh, yeah, so in between the, uh, stories that we get, we also have <laughs> this weird musical interlude, <laughs> and, I love and the my music favorite in this thing, movie. The, my favorite thing is the strip scene, the stri- um, <laughs> Good bones. do the song, I'm a stripper, <laughs> <laughs> which uh is incredible it's it is it's it's a lot of fun um we, we're definitely I, gonna talk I about, the music. about this a lot because it's it's so silly but it is mm-hmm. it's a good time it's mm-hmm. it's fun i i can see it as a guilty pleasure for sure mm-hmm. yeah yeah so so have you seen this movie before watching it for this 
Yes. So I, I, I had seen it once before. Uh, Joe, I think it was on Joe Bob Briggs about oh, a year really? ago. And that was really the first time I saw it. I, I was okay. aware of it because I, and I'll probably do this while we're uh, doing this podcast. I get it confused with Monster Squad a lot. Oh. So, okay. so we're gonna talk if about you Monster hear me Squad refer sometime. to it as Monster Squad, that's, uh, <laughs> that's, that's why. Okay. okay. I mean, that's understandable. Understandable. Yeah, yeah. Similar titles, somewhat of a similar concept, vaguely. Yeah, I mean, so. no kids, but... Well, <laughs> there's a kid in one of the stories. Oh, okay, so, yeah, yeah, um, yeah the Donald Pleasant story, the, yeah, the yeah. vampire one. Um, which isn't... what? Okay, let's do this first, because I'm kind of interested. What are, like, how do you rank these these stories in, in your head? Because you love this movie way more than me. Yes. <laughs> Um, what, which ones are your favorite? Like, um, there's the, what? it's not the a Shabadoo, one, it's no, a Shadmock, I think. Shadmock, there we yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. You got the monster who whistles at you and then you like melt or something. What is it? <laughs> the hold on, hold on. idea. The, uh, if a werewolf and a ghoul, it's a weregoo. All right, so I have it right here. So for, Yeah. Where hold on, hold on. Let me let me do it first. Let me do it from memory because I this okay. is gonna this is gonna be a mess. <laughs> oh, I can't wait um, to hear it. And then a, a ghoul and a werewolf werewolf is a weregoo. Right. But if a were no, if a vampire and a a vamgoo, it becomes a shaddy. Is that right? <sighs> So I'm looking and at it's Chatty, Maddie, and Ratty. And, Ratty. <laughs> <laughs> and then if one of those with one of the other ones, it becomes a mock. A and mock then, or a shad mock or, or a, a shad or mock. a hume goo. Or a hume goo. That's right, the hume goo. <laughs> I love the scene where Vincent Price is explaining all this to, to John Carradine. And like it just looks like Vincent Price is having such a great time talking all this nonsense. <laughs> you know? It's just so stupid. It's it's a little over the top, like for sure, and especially like all of a sudden it's just uh, van- like it's just weird nonsense words. It's, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. It's, it's verbal diarrhea. Somebody came up with and was like, "I'm really proud of this." <laughs> <laughs> As they should be. As they should it's be. Fine. I, I guess it's um, it's based on the novel by the character that John Carradine plays. So, oh, is it? Yeah, uh, R. Chetwind Hayes. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, it's based on the the his works. Um, yeah. So not, maybe it's just the short story spe- portions. Yeah. Not maybe n- Edward not Abraham and Valerie story. Abram. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, but so to get to your question, uh, how do I rank the the segments? So do you want me to include the frame story or just the the three main segments? I don't think the the frame story is really well. I guess you can if you want. I don't. I wouldn't include it, but it's fine. Okay. So for me, I think the best thing about this movie is the frame story. Um, I <laughs> I love Vincent Price. Um, I think he's he's probably my favorite horror actor of all time. Um. I love him so like just just seeing him act is is an absolute joy and a pleasure. Um, I love the music for the most part. I'm not a huge fan of the last song they play, but even then, I I, I can enjoy it. Uh, so just you know, I love the music overall, um, especially the song "I'm a Sucker for Your Love." <laughs> okay, so "Sucker for Your Love," I didn't 
I'm sitting there, I'm watching the movie and I'm like, the, the, like it's starting to annoy me. Like I'm sitting there and it's not the, it's not the music. It's not the words. It's nothing like that. It really comes down to, um, the zooms, like oh, all of a sudden oh, the cameraman is just like, yeah. Whoa! In and out, in and it's out. like, I hate it, that part of it. Yeah. It's the, so, um, all I can think of is Wayne's world. <laughs> oh, I haven't seen like, Wayne's world. It even at so one point, long. the guy's, completely out of frame and still zooming in and i'm like what are you doing <laughs> yeah that's I, mean, I get what they're going for but it just doesn't work I, and it, i don't understand why did it have to be one shot it didn't have to be one shot what what do you mean that whole that whole scene with the um i'm a sucker for your love is all one shot it's oh, just yeah, yeah. It just stays on his face and that's it and i'm like you didn't need to do that. It's not that interesting. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's not that scene from, uh, atonement or, uh, even stranger things last season had like a one shot that went through the like, action wise. It was all, you know, they were shooting yeah. at the house and stuff like that. Oh, I don't do you remember, remember that scene. I don't know. The stranger things. So it's, um, they call the, they're, they're being watched at the house. It's, um, Christ, I can't think. I'm bad with character names. Uh, Finn, Wolfhard, and oh, uh, yeah, it's that story. That. And they have to call the pizza guy to get out of the house. Basically, they they call for a pizza, and instead, uh, uh, like executioners show up, and so they end up like the FBI has been sitting with them. They've been stuck in the house for oh, a while, yeah. and then they do the there's this one. Sh- it's a one shot sequence uh, of them going through the hallways. And, being shot at and um like that's an interesting sequence it's really good but like when you're sitting there and you're basically doing a music (laughs) video and all you're doing is you're like all i could do is zoom in in it's man so good (laughs) yeah i was like i was just not having it (laughs) yeah that's not the movie's finest moment (laughs) no no not not even a little um but yeah. Anyway, so, so the framework is your is your the, favorite. The frame story is my favorite, number one. Number two would probably be the middle story, the the vampire one with Donald Pleasance. Okay. Um, I think that one just it just has like a a, a very playful, almost like happy go lucky kind of a whimsy to it. You know, like the idea of you know these vampire hunters they they carry what like violin cases. And then, you know, they they supposedly kill the guy, but he's wearing oh no, no, it's a snake proof vest. <laughs> <laughs> it's so it's such a dumb idea <laughs> it's silly like yeah, I, I but get that, it and that's that's what i love about it. like it's just it's just it's 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 whimsical you know um and then so there's a frame story the vampire one and then the the town full of ghouls would be my number three um that's kind of the most just like straight up horror uh and i think that works pretty well as just like a straight up horror story you know like it has atmosphere it has some some cool monsters and stuff yeah um, so i like that about it and then the the first story the one with the shad mock the, the shad who, who whistles that one i'm not the biggest fan of i have to admit uh, i mean I, I i i enjoy it thematically but as far as just like enjoying a story it's it's not great um it's really not even good, <laughs> you know. So that's that's definitely my my least favorite. What about uh, what about you? How would how so, would you rank everything? 
So for me, it's it's the the town one is definitely my favorite. Um, okay. okay. There's something about it that I'm trying to think of the name of the movie. Uh, that's what I've been doing over here is I've been looking for the movie that it reminds me of because I watched it recently. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am bad at putting stuff on Letterboxd is what it really comes down to. <laughs> um, City of the Dead. Yes. Um, JP Great got movie. it for me. Great movie. Um, but yeah, no, that's what it reminds me of is it's, it's those scenes from, from it. Um, especially at the end with the, the graveyard up front and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. that's exactly, it, it's just like a remake of a recapture of that. And yeah. I have such a good time with it. And I love, it's very, uh, tale, like it's very moralistic in tales from the cryptish mm-hmm. with the producer going, he's like, it's like, a, he's an, a, he's an asshole. Like, let's just yeah. say it like it is. Yeah, yeah, he's an exactly. asshole. And He's like, I'll do it. I'll go out there and blah, blah, blah. And of course he goes out there. And then the end of it is that he doesn't come back. Like um, mm-hmm. he ends up getting taken back to the, you know, he, he finally gets out, finds the police and the police just bring him back into the town to be, you know, mm-hmm. torn apart by, by them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, no, that I love that. I, I love all that, uh, that kind of stuff. I love that, you know, uh, just more, I like moralistic tales on that end. Mm-hmm. So that was my favorite. Um, if we're ranking the 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 framework too, that's probably my third. To my second would probably be the vampire uh, okay. the segment. Um, mm-hmm. I love I love the line "Beware of men carrying violin cases." <laughs> I just I think it's yeah. hilarious. Like yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> And of course, that's what we see. Um, but I also like uh, that has a lot of a moralistic implication as well with the, mm-hmm. um, I suppose they all do. Even the Shadmok does too, right? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I, guess I, I guess I, I guess I just like the twist in the first one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sorry, in the, um, the, the graveyard okay. one. Oh, third the, one, yeah. the town one, yeah. Mm-hmm. But the vampire one, is just it's fun it's got the you know you've got kids involved too which mm-hmm. i think i think kids always make a horror like segment a little bit more thrilling mm-hmm. like only because you're definitely thinking don't let anything happen to the child you know? right, right, yeah. <laughs> so that's um that's always a framework um and then i i think the shadmock is the worst and i it definitely is. um I don't like. I think it's just because we see that tale so much. Like the the, um, it's even the, it, the it's even remember the Beverly Hillbillies movie. Like it's the same concept. It's that. <laughs> and that's Leah Thompson and Rob Schneider are trying to you know get the Beverly Hillbillies money, and that's sort of what mm-hmm. it is. It's these two, yeah, um, yeah. like sort of peasant esque people are trying to uh, scam the the rich people and okay, yeah. and at what point like I, I think that we're there as a society and it, it, like right now seeing that kind of stuff where you're just kind of like good for you <laughs> you know i think that we've just turned a corner where it's like no kind of get it um so to an extent yeah <laughs> so that's just where i'm at <laughs> yeah, yeah i think for me uh i think for me a big part of what I don't like about that story is just the fact that like whistling 
really? That's what he does? He whistles? I mean, I get what they're trying to do. Like, it's, you know, do something different. You know, usually monsters bite or they, you know, swipe at you or, or tear you apart or whatever. So they're trying to, you know, do something unique. And, uh, you know, got to give him props for trying, but it just doesn't work. Like, whistling is not cool. <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, I think, from my perspective, I, I was thinking of, like, Banshees. You know what I mean? I, I think it's the same idea, but it's, you know, instead of just, it was a little bit more original. It wasn't so much, you know, just screaming yeah. in the general direction. Yeah, but with Even Banshees, though I think that might have been more entertaining to see. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. I, I think it would have been. But, but with, with Banshees, though, is, is, is it that the scream itself, like, hurts you? or it's that... Yeah, it's like a sonic boom, basically. Like, oh, it's just okay. a sonic resonance, like, hitting you yeah. in waves kind of thing. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's it's not the idea of sound per se; it's the way you make the sound, like a scream, like that. Okay, I I, I can get behind that, but a yeah. whistle, come on. Well, I mean, this come is on. also kind of a horror comedy too. I right. mean, but it's also I not mean, funny. It's also for kids. It's it's a it's a PG movie, you know. Right, <laughs> but you can still make good PG movies. You can make PG movies, you know, that are geared towards kids to some extent, but that are also think, good. This is also before the PG-13, uh, in, the institution of the PG-13 rating, too, which uh, uh, yeah, probably. you could get away with a whole lot more. Because mm -hmm. um, basically after Poltergeist, I think it was Poltergeist and Temple of Doom, um, mm -hmm. got rated PG, mm -hmm. there was yeah. like a okay, that's it. We need something in the middle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and understandably um, so. A Boulder guy still scares the hell out of me. <laughs> the sequel, too, that worm thing? Yeah, no. Oh, man. Oh. I haven't oh. seen any of the sequels since I was a kid. So I, I remember, like, that tall guy with the hat. Yeah. Like, that's literally it. Like, I, and I don't remember anything he did. I just remember, like, the image of, of him. You know? Yeah, that's um. Yeah, he was so he was the bad guy in the second one, but he while they were filming the film, the actor died. Oh, really? So that's why Polder like so Poltergeist two and Poltergeist three are, are kind of a weird, uh, kind of a weird set of sequels because he was supposed to be the he was supposed to be the bad guy in the third one too, and he kind of is. It's sort of like his presence is still there, but um, mm -hmm. I, and it's also in a, a high rise building. Um, but then in the third one, the little girl ends up, uh, passing away during at the end of production because she had, she had some, she had some weird, she had an interesting illness. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure what it was. It, um, it was something that caused her to look a little like, and you can see it in the film too, is it, like, it caused her to like bloat up a bit and, I don't I don't remember what it is. Um fun. She became ill with uh giardiasis. that's a weird one to pronounce. And but um which she contracted from the well water at her family's home at Big Bear Lake. And uh then she was subsequently diagnosed as having Crohn's disease. The cortisone injections to treat the disease during the time that she was filming Poltergeist three and steroidal injections resulted in the facial sweating swelling of the cheeks. Joe Rourke's mother said she was very self-conscious about. Um, she began experiencing flu-like symptoms the following morning and collapsed in her home. And uh, she suffered cardiac arrest en route to the hospital. Oh, wow. So it was like 
those movies the the in the first one too one of the actresses died in a car accident after the, really? the really? filming was uh finished there's a lot to those films that um oh, wow. I, didn't, I didn't know that yeah i know we're gotten we've gotten a little off topic here from yeah, monster yeah. club but um the yeah the um the poltergeist films man they're i mean have you ever watched curse films on shutter uh i think i watched a bit of one episode i forgot what movie oh was. i was addicted i watched all of them <laughs> mm. um i i love that stuff like i i love anything about film anyway like mm. you, just behind the scenes and and knowing what was happening with productions um that's the kind of stuff i i just enjoy yeah yeah so I mean, it, it, it is interesting but i don't i don't remember why i i think i wanted to but then i think i just never got around to finishing the episode or i don't remember but i yeah. it, it was pretty interesting what, no that, the bit they're really good um the ones the one about poltergeist is pretty good the but the one about exorcist and the, the one about the omen and twilight zone oh my god twilight zone the movie i had no idea about any of that that had happened on twilight zone the movie um <laughs> But yeah, we are getting off topic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. So back to the Monster Club. We can do another episode on uh, yeah, we do. <laughs> curse, curse films. Uh, what were we talking about? I don't even remember. Uh, we were. I think we had just finished up basically our um, our favorite segments and and placing them in oh, order. Yeah. And we were kind of shitting on the Shadma. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> rightly so. Rightly so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you know, one of the things I found, one of the things I, I like about this movie, is that it has a a very, I think it's gonna be a weird way to describe it, but it's very Guillermo del Toro esque in a certain sense. And I know del Toro came way after this, you know, but well, like, but like del I can Toro, already see what you're saying. You know, his movies usually tend to be very much, you know, monster good, humans bad. You know, he inverts the the typical kind of structure of a horror movie that way and this movie for the most part does that as well i think the the third story with the town deviates from that a little bit but even there you can still kind of see you know you can see the you can see that a little bit there it, as well. the framework's still there in, in yeah. the third one um yeah, there's still, there's like i said the producer human. is the producer's a yeah exactly bag of trash yeah, so and it's then like and then the hume goo is is good you know so yeah I mean, the, the ghouls are still like evil monsters, so that that kind of deviates from that uh, that pattern a bit. But you, know, you still have a bad person, a bad human, and a good monster. Yeah, but you and you also have the the police um, at the end of that as well, who know yeah, are, what's going on there, and they yeah, you know, but they're are they in humans? on it. That's I, mean, I I took it that they were human. I don't yeah. think so because at the end you see them; they have like the, the they're not fangs, but they're like. Sharp oh, do they? Teams. Yeah, I might have missed that. Yeah, you've definitely watched this way more than I have. So. <laughs> I've seen it more than twice. Yes. <laughs> yeah, benefit of the doubt here. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I don't think they're they're humans. You know, I'm I, I'm with you. Yeah, um, you know? and, and one of the, one of the cool things, you know, kind of going along with that, is that at the end, you know, Vincent Price's speech about why the Monster Club needs a member of the human race. You know, like when he's talking about all the terrible things humans have done and have invented, like I wrote it down here. So he said that uh, 
humans, they've, they've exterminated over 150 million of their own kind with guns and tanks and bombs and airplanes, extermination camps, poison gas, daggers, swords, bayonets, booby traps, atomic bombs, missiles, submarines, warships, aircraft carriers, and cars. Um, they can spread lethal disease anywhere they want. There's nuclear power. They can, they've invented burning, hanging, decapitation, and I mean, I could go on and on, you know, but like, <laughs> you get the point. And, and he delivers it like in such a way that you, you just like, you hang on every word he says. And it, it almost like with, again, almost like a play, like a playful whimsiness, you know, like yeah. that, that kind of only Vincent Price can do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, walking that line. I mean, you really like Price, so it's. Uh, I, mean, I, I like him fine. I think he's a. I think he's been a bit of a ham, but that's I mean, uh. He how so? How so? Yeah. I, I don't know how. How is one a ham? Uh, kind <laughs> of. Uh, just the way that he acts, like it's just the sort of presence, like the the way that you know people say Bill Shatner is kind of a ham, like. So you know, like kind like, of like, overdoes it. Oh, he's yeah, very yeah, indulgent yeah. in 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 his words and how he yeah. says things, and yeah. and I'm like, it, 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 and it, that's it, fine. I mean, James it, Mason was kind of like that too, and you know, Christopher Lee, not as much, but a little bit, but a little bit. And I, I suppose it's just like acting for the time. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly, um, exactly. I think you have to you have to take into account, you know. Yeah, taking like I'm not, time. I'm not shitting on on Vincent Price at all. Like yeah, I like not. Vincent Price, <laughs> but I do think that he's a bit hamish. I, you know? <laughs> but, but but that's part of his charm, though. Like the yeah, it is. I mean, that's part of the that. Like I said, it's part of William Shatner's charm too. Yeah, yeah like, exactly, exactly. That's what it is. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I mean, I wouldn't. I mean, you said he was one of your favorite actors. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I would say he's probably my favorite horror actor of all time. Um. Yeah, probably. I mean, it's it, it's close, but he's probably my number one. Okay. Um. Now you do know that um. There's a Bond girl in this movie, right? Uh was it the one the the wife of the the vampire? Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's, okay. Brett so, Eklund. Yeah. So so I didn't know she was a Bond girl. But I know her. Oh she, yeah, no, she's she's been in a bunch of things. So she was in the Man with the Golden Gun. She's in the Wicker Man. Yeah, she she's the 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 tavern keeper's daughter or whatever. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Interesting character there. <laughs> she's also in. Um, she did some other horror anthology. I know she's in Asylum. The Amicus movie. Oh, I don't know about that one. Um, yeah. I know that the other, um, the girl that's in the the Shadmock sequence. Is in okay. uh, the Hammer Horror uh, television show, House Hammer of Horror, Horror. House of Hammer. I don't think I've heard of that. Yeah, um, let me bring that up for you, and I can can address that. Hammer House of Horror. Um, oh. She was in one episode. Very much, it's very much just like a um, Tales from the Crypt, Twilight Zone. Kind of oh, thing, okay. like but yeah, it was. Um, I think it only got one season, and there's not many episodes. I think you can find it on like Tubi or, or one of those because hmm. it's okay. um it's been have around for a while. Watched, have you ever? Watched I, it? I know you're a big Hammer fan, so yeah, yeah, I love Hammer. Yeah, so 
I would check that out if I were you. Okay. Um, have, have, that. have you ever seen it? No, I haven't. Um, okay. But it's one of those things that I'm aware of and just like mm-hmm. uh, a few years ago, I went on a deep dive for Friday the 13th, the series, because okay. when I was a kid, there was a, and I, I actually wrote a piece on this. It's still on 25YL. I don't know where it's going to go. <laughs> I mean, it's if it's horror, shouldn't it? Well, it I shouldn't guess cross TV, over because yeah. it is Friday the 13th, the series. Yeah. But, but I, guess I don't TV, know. We, I don't know what happened. Yeah. Um, but it'll probably end up on Horror Obsessive eventually um, when someone catches it. But for now, it's on 25YL. And um, it's... I was hunting this image in my head from when i was a kid i it was halloween or around halloween and my my dad turned on the tv and it said friday the 13th on the thing and i didn't i I didn't really catch what it was i just seen the image and it was this black and white checkered floor and the um these people were being pulled into the wall and there were like Hmm. faces like sticking out from the wall and stuff like this and it haunted me as a kid, like I was having nightmares about it, everything. And I'm like, it was damn scary. (laughs) So I went on like a hunt and I found the Friday, the 13th series. Like I bought the box set because I, I didn't think I could get it any other way or or whatever, but I'd found uh, an episode called the playhouse. And that's what it ended up being. And it's uh, the, who's in it is uh, Lisa Jacob, who, uh, had really a short career as a child actress. Mm-hmm. Was in Mrs. Doubtfire. She's one of the kids in Mrs. Doubtfire. Okay. okay. Um, and yeah, I ended up uh, like I, I was so happy. I was so relieved. It was so cathartic to find <laughs> to this thing from fear. when I was a kid. <laughs> and so, like, I don't think Friday the Thirteenth the series is great by any measure. Neither is like I've seen some of Freddy's Nightmares too. Yeah, Not great yeah. by any measure. Yeah. <laughs> But um, they're fun to go back to. Uh, mm-hmm. Not, like I said, not great. Don't expect too much from them. But you might have like a, a kick or two out of it. There was another one that I found um, while I was doing a William Malone send up too. That's a sci-fi series that has a ton of people in it. What's um, it called? I honestly can't tell you, but it was by the creators of Tales from the Crypt. Like it was all those oh, guys, okay. like Richard Donner and um, okay. Zemeckis and, and all them. Mm-hmm. And uh, it played on HBO. Um, so it's called Perversions of Science. Hmm. And it was an HBO it. show. It lasted one season. And the, the episode that I watched with uh, that William Malone had done, William Malone, the director of the House on Haunted Hill remake, um, okay. he did an episode with Jeffrey Combs. Oh, really? Yeah, so I was like, "Yeah, I'm all over this." <laughs> oh, yeah, of course, of course, he's great. I also I, I like William Malone a lot. Um, I wish he made more films. His films are weird, and they're not always great. I mean, no, they're not. I think he he directed Fear dot com. <laughs> I seen that one. Um, it, it's a Y two K horror film, mm-hmm. essentially, and oh, it just it was so cut up. Like you can tell that there's so much more to that story, and it just got like thrown into like a ninety minute junk pile. Oh, that's that. Um, very that's ringish, you know. Very ring uh, like centric. Like it's just a um, investigation kind of situation. Like it's mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's okay. fine. 
I really think I think it's better than a lot of people give it credit for, especially as a time capsule to like nineteen ninety nine era. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. Uh, so back to the Monster Club again. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I keep going off track. <laughs> what, what were we talking about about it? I never remember. So we, I had gone into the the fact that uh, Brett Eklund was in it. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. So that's okay. where we went off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. So let's talk about the music a bit. Um. So. <laughs> I've already mentioned I'm a stripper. <laughs> well, to be clear, Sean, you're not saying that you are a stripper. You've already mentioned the song named I'm a stripper. You don't, you don't know me. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying that's not what you mean. You may be a stripper on the side. You don't know. Yeah, you have no idea. All right. <laughs> All right. Good to know. But yeah, no, I, uh, that's, that is such a, uh, it's such a weird sequence because it comes out, it's this, it's this rocking, like, 80s like it starts off kind of pat benatarish like mm-hmm. um and you kind of get into it and then all of a sudden it's like it's like you leave your wife at home you come to me alone <laughs> and you're like oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> hello yeah and then yep. of course you get this amazing sequence where uh An actual stripper. starts undressing on the stage <laughs> uh all the way down to her skeleton yeah um and yeah. that and, and then the skeleton is animated <laughs> Right? Yeah. Um, it's like they didn't even I, have the budget. I, I, I honestly, the like, there are parts of this film that I, I just, I'm like, I don't know what's going on anymore. I don't know what, what this is. <laughs> um, I think, so that that's my favorite because it's just mm-hmm. so out there and over the top. It's so off the wall, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I mean, the rest of the music's great in it. Like, it's it really is just this 80s kind of, and it, it's weird because it's like 1981 too, which means they filmed it in 1980. And yet, yeah. it somehow feels later in the eighties. Yeah, the it, music. It, yeah. Exactly. It's, um, you expect it to be more seventies at that point. Yeah, you know? right. Like that's what I'm saying. Is it somehow really encompasses eighties yeah, yeah. music? Yeah. Um, yeah like, like, um, like I said, like my my favorite one is "Sucker for Your Love." I think, I think not only is it just a great song, but like it, it it's you know just, just the the kind of the play on words there. You know, yeah. a sucker also being a oh, vampire. I think the lyrics, the yeah. lyrics in that one are fantastic. Oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah exactly. it is. It's just constantly playing on the mm-hmm. the, me- yeah, yeah. the mechanic there. Yeah, yeah. And I like the line um, where he says, "You know, you're from Pennsylvania. I'm from Transylvania." It reminds me of. Uh, <laughs> are you a fan of The Office? Uh, yeah. So there's an episode where uh, where Jim convinces Dwight that he's turning into a vampire. And at one point, Dwight's like, you know, it makes sense that a vampire would come to a Sylvania. (laughs) 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 And so just that, that, that line just reminds me of that, that moment from the office. (laughs) Oh Oh, man. man. Um, And then the the first (laughs) song, um, I'm not sure what it's called. It's like monsters rule. Okay. Is like the, yeah. Monsters rule. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's okay. A... <laughs> I love that song. And then uh, the last one, The Monster Club, like I said, I'm not a huge fan of. Uh, I think it's definitely uh, a big step down from the first three songs. But it's, it's yeah. not bad. It's not bad. The, you know? the, the thing that, uh, you know, I think it really played off of Rocky Horror. 
um, which was, you know, we're coming out of the 70s. That I think Rocky Horror was 78. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it, I think it, I think they were just trying to give people more of that kind of thing. Uh, mm-hmm. But we also, I mean, I feel like it also sets a precedent for vampire films because later on in the 80s, we get the Lost Boys and there's that saxophone dude that just shows up. <laughs> Um, oh, yeah. the there's also muscle guy. Uh, girls night out, which is from the, is it girls night out or was it? No, it wasn't girls night out. It was, um, killer party. Uh, I watched a couple of movies. Uh, uh, I had, I watched those two movies within like a week of each other. Okay. Um, but killer party starts off with a music interlude. Like, <laughs> yeah. so well, it's just also, like, it does feel very eighties. Oh, what's it called? Like the Hunger, the one with David Bowie. Yeah, with David Bowie and yeah, yeah. Catherine. Yeah, yeah. It starts off with like a like a goth kind of, from like a music video kind of thing. Yeah, you know? they, I think they probably tried to bring. I think they tried to do that with uh, Queen of the Damned, and it just didn't. Oh yeah, with the heavy metal. Yeah, I don't think it worked as well. Yeah, nothing. Not much about that movie worked. <laughs> no, no. It was sad that like I really liked Aaliyah. Um, mm-hmm. it, that was all very sad, but. Uh, wow. Well, yeah course the uh, that movie like i feel like they missed like a whole act and and maybe it was because the actress passed away but um yeah i i I felt like that could have been so much better and Mm -hmm. and it was truly a disappointment yeah definitely definitely. um but back to um back to monster club the, the the end scene i i always get a kick out of this that scene that you're talking about before with um Vincent Price basically uh, wrapping up how humanity is more of a monster than the monsters that are in the mm-hmm. club. And of course yeah. they should be invited to the, you know, inside. Uh, first of all, he's right. Um, <laughs> yes, it is. But secondly, uh, I get a kick out of, because this is what I always end up watching whenever that scene comes on, mm-hmm. which is twice now. Um <laughs> is I'm looking at the, the latex masks on the left and right hand side oh, and no Lord. one having done the makeup underneath like the eyes. So like, it's just a person wearing a mask and it, that's what it looks like. <laughs> I, yeah. And, the, the masks in this movie are not great. <laughs> not, well, it's just a few, like some of them look great. Like the, the wolf they, man, like you, you um, think he looks good. I do. I mean, the only thing is, is that he can't talk because the the teeth like the are, um, <laughs> yeah, the teeth are too big for his mouth. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. he just like he just like this the yeah, entire yeah. time. Um, yeah, I, okay, so here's the thing. So here's the thing with, with him. So whenever I see him, which is more than twice, um, <laughs> so he reminds me very much of the Wolfman in Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. Right. Yeah, but I mean that's part of the charm, isn't no, it? I mean. I mean Charm, yes, but looking good, no. Because so, so, so if you compare Frankenstein meet, well, not did I say Frankenstein meets the Wolfman? You did. Uh, I meant Frank. I mean, I meet Abbott and Costello meet. Costello meet the Wolfman. Wow. I know what you meant. I know what you meant. and Costello meet Frankenstein. Because um, if you look at if you compare that movie to the original Wolfman, you compare like what the Wolfman actually looks like. It's night and day. Like the original Wolfman makeup that Jack Pierce did in the original 1941 movie, it's fantastic, you yeah. know. But then in Frank in Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein, it it looks like it's just a mask. 
you yeah, know? Yeah, it's lazier, for sure. Yeah, but, like, I it's mean... So, it's terrible. It's the aesthetic. And, it's, I mean, you're going... You know, that's the whole yeah, thing, is you're going it, for it, comedy. Yes, but... You know, I see. I think that's just laziness. That's not the aesthetic. I think that's just them not wanting to. Yeah, well, spend it is. I mean, money on it. Look know? at okay. So I think that you need to like put into perspective studio uh, budgets. And I mean, of course, of Abbott course. and Costello. I mean, for as as fun and everything as they were, they were not pulling down you know Tom Cruise money. Right, you of know, course, like, of course, I get it. I get it. <laughs> but you know, but 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 just you know visually coming from the Wolfman to Abbott Costello meet Frankenstein, just such a huge step down. And as much as I love that movie, like it's one of my favorite horror comedies of all time, just the way the monsters look is always really disappointing to me. And so whenever I see that werewolf in the monster club, he reminds me of how disappointing the Wolfman mask is in Abbott Costello meet Frankenstein. And so it just makes me a little bit sad every time. <laughs> That's you know, fair. I, you know, I. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, anyway, but but yeah, so you know, so like, do they look terrible? Not entirely, but great, I think, is a strong word. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, some of them do look pretty bad, though. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, what do you think? Okay, so we just talked about. Uh, how the Wolfman looks that way, but um, is the Shadmog like? Because to me, when I watch the Shadmog, it kind of has that Lon Chaney vibe, uh, Phantom of the Opera. Mm. Um, do you okay. think that that's on purpose? Because that's how I took it. I, I think it really is trying to relate itself to older films. Obviously, like I said, the the third one is uh, City City of the Dead. Yeah, yeah, City of the Dead. Oh. Um, and that I, I think that that story is very much. Uh, him just looking like the fan of the opera. He even talks about how he wore a mask and there's that whole mask scene and, yeah, yeah. and things of that nature. You know, I, I never thought of it that way, but now that, now that you mention it, it does make sense. Cause yeah, you know, like the, the mask thing, you know, he's, he's ashamed of the way he looks. Yeah. You know, that, that is very fan of the opera. But um, I mean, I, I think that that's all the movie really is trying to do is it's it's trying to get you back into that universal monster mm-hmm. kind of vibe. Obviously, they couldn't use, you know, re- those regular names. That's why we've kept right, the right. Shadmock and, <laughs> and things of that nature. It's it's not continuing story or putting mm-hmm. the, the character into a different uh, place. But it's it's sort of the same. It's mm-hmm. it's what it is. It's supposed to be that way. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I think even like the actor they got for it, he he looks a little bit. He looks like a almost like a less deformed or like a yeah like, like a less deformed version of Lon Chaney in that movie. Oh yeah, well, I mean you I know? don't think they were going for like the actual like dead on right right um, of but that. Definitely, but... it's reminiscent of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's it's a you know it's a nod. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's a good point. I never thought of it that way. But yeah, definitely, definitely. All right, so is there anything else you want to talk about, about this movie? Anything that struck you? Let's see. I'm, I'm looking in the trivia area now, and did you know that Klaus Kinski was supposed to be in this movie? Really? Who was he supposed it's, to play? I'm not showing who he was supposed to play, but it does, huh. say, it does say that he was replaced by Richard Johnson, so we could probably look it up that way. If I had to guess, I'd say probably the vampire. 
because he was uh, Dracula. Yeah, that's uh, right. That you're exactly correct. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he, he's great as well as, as, as that Dracula. From yeah. everything that I've read about Klaus Kinski, he was uh, he was absolutely horrible to work well, with. Well, <laughs> I, from what I, I've heard, that I think him and uh, Werner Herzog, Herzog really clashed a lot. Yeah, even though they they worked together a ton. Yeah, they did the Nosferatu, right? Uh, yeah, but I, I think they 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 worked together a lot in a lot of different movies. There was um, they continually clashed, but they kept. They used to say that he would just go off on set and be like, "I worked with this director, and I worked with this director. I worked with Sergio Leone, and you know, like he'd just go off and um, it's so like every prima donna diva uh, story that you've ever heard pales in comparison to the stories about Klaus Kinski. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like a great guy. Yeah, yeah, sounds sounds like a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, that's um that's what I've got. Uh, Christopher Lee was also approached to play uh, R. Chetwynd Hayes, which ultimately John Carradine got. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to find it. the vampire film producer Lintum Bostowski is a tongue-in-cheek anagram for the movie's actual producer Milton Sabotsky. Hmm. That's cool. <laughs> and I like the and, you know, and and what's cool about that is like there's that line in the movie where, where when they say you know a vampire film producer and John Carradine's like wait a vampire film producer and Mr. Yeah. Price goes aren't they all <laughs> aren't they all yeah <laughs> uh, good times good times yeah no it's like I said I I enjoy it it's it's fun. For what it is, yeah, but exactly. it's, 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 it's that nothing I go back more. to all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. Like I probably will watch uh, um, City of the Dead again, just because oh, that's, that's a great one. Yeah, yeah. It, it that I that surprised me. Like I sometimes I just throw stuff on and just uh, not you know like I'm half paying attention because I'm either writing something or I'm doing something else, mm-hmm. and then all yeah, of a sudden yeah. like like if you can get me to change my focus, like if I can go from being completely consumed but from what i'm doing in my laptop to be like well what is this you know mm-hmm. and i think i ended up even rewinding like a good portion of it just to to, to give it its due oh, that was oh, so yeah. much fun and um like seeing that seeing that third story in this one genuinely reminds me of it and like even now i'm thinking i should probably go back and watch it again mm-hmm. that that's always a good idea watching it <laughs> so all right. Well, I think uh, we've pretty much said all we can say about this movie. Um, so yeah. Yeah. So. yeah I, uh, <laughs> I got nothing left. Um, all right. Well, as always, this was a good time, and uh, I hope you guys had a good time too, listening to us talk about mostly other things, but also a bit about the Monster Club. <laughs> and uh, all right, so we'll be back in uh, another two weeks. Um, not sure what we'll talk about, but uh, we'll figure it out, and you'll find out. Yeah, eventually. we should probably start. You know, just just for the sake of uh, the audience, maybe even just maybe, maybe we should get on this a little bit better. <laughs> so that they, they know what we're gonna listen to, uh, like, what be they professional might be about this. You know, it would okay. be good to give them a you know, um, here's scenes from next week's episode. You know, kind oh, of yeah, a, yeah. a deal. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so maybe yeah, we'll we'll 
we'll be better. We'll try yeah. better. We'll start, doing that. <laughs> we'll start that next time. Yes. Next yeah. week yeah. <laughs> or next yeah. episode rather. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, All right. Well, thanks for but, listening. Uh, we, nope. Yes. Uh, thank you for listening to us. Oh. And uh, sorry to cut you off. Uh, we <laughs> were given explicit instructions this week to make sure that we mention that you can find our work and read our articles on horrorobsessive.com. Um, go there for all of your horror needs or just some of them. Just come over. It's fun. You know, we have a lot, we have a lot of fun. <laughs> we, write, we write really, really good pieces. So we write stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, we will see you all again in two weeks. Bye-bye.